I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 7, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Since we're into a fresh week, I thought I would just do a little bit of a recap of where we are, what I think is going on, what I think the likely scenario is going forward, and then we're going to even narrow it down to the very, very short term, meaning on the hourly chart, for example. Let's go all the way back to December, right around Christmas or before when the market was falling, the world was ending, everybody was talking about recession, everybody was talking about all the possible negative things that can impact markets and even things that can't impact markets. The bears were out in full force. Remember at the time, and I know it wasn't an easy trade, that's not the point, I'm not bringing it up to say I told you so. I'm bringing it up just to prove a point that when things look as dire as they were, there's going to be a bottom. The bottom certainly could have come in much lower than it was, but we were looking for a low and we were focused on time rather than price. The bottom happened to come in at one of our prices. If you remember, it was 234.59 was an actual gap fill level right down here. 234.59, the market went right about 75 cents below that the following day, and then we had that snapback. We were looking for a low within a week, that's what I was saying at the time, and the low came in on Wednesday, the day after Christmas. This was the actual low, and this was the huge rally that we had. The day before was the day before Christmas. And if you remember, we were looking for a low at the latest on Wednesday. And this on the 26th was the Wednesday. That was the low. And here we are. So we had a tremendous rally off the low. And we had a pullback. What did we have? We had an A leg up. We had a B leg pullback. And now we've had a C leg higher. And the C leg is complete. So that pattern is now off the table. But let's talk about where we go from here. So we had identified a possible resistance area at 255. Now that was important for a couple of reasons, but it was more important before than it was today, for example. So before we had this pullback a couple of days ago, last Thursday, I was looking at 255 as an interesting level to go short the market looking for a multi-day swing trade, if you will, or potentially more. Also, I discussed on Thursday the fact that because of that pullback, that changes the 255 trade. I reiterated that on Saturday when I made the video, the one that really closed out the week. Now, that was also the video that I said that we could have another bout of short covering, another short squeeze. We discussed that short squeezes can come in phases. So we had phase one, which was really on the 26th into the 27th. That was the first phase of short covering. Doesn't mean everybody covered. These are the last ones in. These are the weak hands. These are not the people that shorted the market up here. They're expecting certain types of rallies, certain types of bounces 
from certain price areas. They may be looking for lower prices, but these are people that shorted the market much higher. They haven't necessarily covered yet. Maybe they covered some, maybe they haven't. It doesn't matter. I don't know what each individual institutional trader, investor, individual investor, retail trader, I have no idea what each individual's position is. I'm just saying from experience, this is kind of the way it goes down. Now, could 255 for now be a stopper of the market? Of course it could. It could be all the market has. I don't necessarily think that's the case right now. However, we have to see how the market reacts tomorrow leading into Tuesday. That's when we'll flip over to the hourly chart real quick. Now you'll remember this. We discussed this at length on the video Saturday. But here's the reason why I want to bring it up. So we did run into at least intraday and daily resistance at 255. We spiked through it by a little bit and we came right back in and the market closed below 255. That's not a surprise, but the reason that I wasn't interested in shorting 255 from a swing trade perspective was that down day we had on Thursday that we were skeptical of the down day. There were too many signs that it was like a fake down day, kind of like fake news. But getting back to the hourly chart, now normal garden variety market behavior is to have a pullback from 255. The question is, how much? So far, not much. We really haven't pulled away from 255. So here's how I'll read this and here's how I'll treat this. Now be careful because you're going into my mind, as you know, is a dangerous place to be. But I want to give you the thought process leading into Tuesday because there may be a trade on our hands. And by the way, there was a trade today up to 255. For those of you that took it, and I know several of you did, well done. By the way, why was there a trade up to 255 today? Or what told me there was a trade up to 255 today? Well, going back to Friday, we had the huge update on Friday, and we began to go sideways, making another bullish pattern that tells us that under normal market conditions, there's a going to be another leg higher. That's right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Very simple stuff. So what do you do with the 255? It doesn't have to be a short trade. And I did get several emails today, even though I told everybody on Saturday and I told everybody on Thursday night, it's likely not a short trade any longer at 255. We're likely to go higher. Now, we don't have to blow right through 255. I'm just not interested in it. It's not the same type of trade. But let's talk about from a daily perspective and an intraday perspective, what is a good type of trade? Well, let's say the hourly chart pulls back. What's the first natural place that it's going to pull back to? Well, first it's going to pull back to about 253, maybe 252 and a half in that neighborhood. That's again, right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What if it has a deeper pullback? What if it comes all the way back in, in between these moving averages, for example? Well, let me show you something, what I would be looking at, right? Again, you're right into my mind here. I look at all this consolidation and I say, well, the market may come back and test that. Why? What do markets like to do? They like to come back and test former breakout and breakdown areas, former consolidation areas. This is a breakout. It's a consolidation area. And so is this one on a smaller scale, which is why I just mentioned this number at 253, 252 and a half. 253 is up here. Anybody want to know why that might become important? 
Well, that's again right out of the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. So until and unless the market starts falling apart and actually closes, for example, below this area, specifically Friday's low, but you know what? I don't really want to see the market test Friday's low. That would be a sign of weakness, not strength. A sign of strength would be to only come back and test around 253, 252 and a half, and then have another leg up. That would be a sign of strength. A sign of weakness would be to have to come back all the way down to like 248. That's not necessarily what I would love to see, although that still would be a potential entry for a long trade, but I would have to see it at the time. Now, we're back on the daily chart, and some of you will say, well, he's only talking about the bullish case. He's only talking about the upside. That's bias. Well, let me give you the answer to that. There is no further upside until we begin closing hourly above 255. And I don't mean by like one penny. You've got to get above, stay above 255. That's when I think if that happens, hourly closes and then certainly a daily close above that level, I think that lights another spark for another bout of a short squeeze that could lead us up to the 263, even as high as 265 area. What about the other side? What does it look like if the market is failing? To me, what a failure looks like is the first sign of a failure, I should say, is closing hourly below Friday's close. Now, I just discussed slightly lower numbers than that, but I'm not looking for the market to spend much time down there. The more time it spends down there, the more I'll start to not like the upside of the market, at least imminent upside of the market. I still think we're going to work our way up to this area, up to this gap and gap fill area, 263, 265, if this is any good, as long as we don't fail. Doesn't mean we have to get there right away. I'm just saying that we could light a match real quick. That's the point I was making on Saturday. That's the point I want to make again today. So you have to be aware that if the market starts to push higher, it could really get going rather quickly. The other side of that is it's just normal market behavior going back and forth and working our way higher or working our way lower based on hourly closes. Nothing more, nothing less. I just want to make sure everybody's aware of that crazy case because we are teetering on the crazy case. Now I want to bring up something a little bit different. You all got an email, if you're on my list, over the weekend about an enhancement to the daily emails that I send out. In brief, I'm trying to make things better based on the requests that I get from you all. So as a result, what I've done is I've tried to put more numbers out there that are useful, specifically designed to be used with the way I teach how to read and trade the markets through the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader and Lazy Gap Trader. So I'm basically putting everything in one place, and it looks like this. Not looks like this. This is it. So it's on a web page, and it starts with my pre-market morning notes, for example. And I'm not going to go over this in particular. There were no morning gap trades today. We're leading up into earnings season, so they're going to start to come fast and furious in a few days. But here are some interesting numbers. So I have some index numbers and S&P E-mini, the NQ, the SPY, the triple Qs, and also crude oil. I urge you to take a snapshot of this and go look at the numbers for yourself. This is what was put out this morning. 
And there's more. There's more stuff in here, and it's under development. It's not actually a product yet, but it's coming. Stock's on the move. This will be updated throughout the day. All these prices are updated throughout the day. Swing trade watch list. This will be updated as needed. Here's a gap fill master list that my gap traders get each and every day. And then there's some just commentary. So there's a lot of stuff. It's kind of like a there's something for everybody scenario. You don't have to like everything, but you can pick and choose what may be appropriate to your style of trading. And in those numbers, for example, sometimes you'll have support and resistance areas that are relatively close together and produce a lot of trades. And sometimes you'll have them far apart. It depends on what the chart is telling me and where the high probability support and resistance zones actually are. For example, here are the numbers from the queues. So here's our support, and the market opened uh, right about here today. So here's the opening candle. So here's our first support slash resistance area, right? So the market is consolidating right on that, and we start to go up. And I didn't have anything that was worthwhile in between until we got to 158.50, and that was on that page that you just saw. And the other markets are very similar or the same. One more example, here's the ES contract, the S&P E-mini. Here's the opening candle of the day. This is on five-minute chart, just so you can see it stretched out a little bit. So here's the 2538 that was on the page. 2552 was on the page. We consolidated underneath that. What's that telling us? Right out of the course, the market's going to go higher. 2560 spiked through it a little bit, but was certainly resistance. And then the next level up, 2566, was obviously resistance. And then we come back down, and you can see coming back down the other way, you can see where the support level, what was resistance becomes support, what was support becomes resistance. And you can see it's a guideline. It's not going to be perfect every time. But what we use is these numbers along with how the market trades, which is taught right out of the course, and we put those things together. And when you have the how, the why, and the numbers, well, I know many of you can make that work and are making that work. All right, so the wrap-up on the Spider Daily chart, uh, volume was light. So volume was less than the average. Average is 132 million shares. Volume today was 100 million shares, 102 million shares. So that's light, but we did get up to the 255. That's important. That's a bogey. We've got to get above that to have that vacuum to the upside. The melt-up situation starts with hourly and then a daily close above 255. And by the way, if you close above and close back down below, remember the term recapture. That's in the opposite direction to what we saw before and we discussed on the weekend video. Just stuff to keep in mind. The IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator, and here's a perfect example why. So before... I discussed the hourly chart and that in terms of the spider chart, the hourly chart was signaling higher prices were likely. Well, this morning, right out of the gate, the IWM was much, much stronger than the SPY. It was starting to rally right out of the gate. It was very apparent that the IWM had intentions, at least at the time, of leading the market to the upside. I talk about this all the time. Today was a perfect example it's not something that works 100% of the time like everything else, but it works a lot. Now also, let's take note of the daily chart. Remember, on Friday, we closed above the 20-day moving average. I thought that was important at the time. Now we're significantly above the 20-day moving average. 
as compared to the spiders, we're just above the 20-day moving average today for the first time, so we're a little bit behind. The IWM is leading to the upside for now. That's a positive for the bulls. How about the VIX? The VIX was basically flat today for the most part, and that's interesting because the market was up. So we have to take note of that. It's certainly a puzzle piece. We put it on the table. We're below all the moving averages, the 50 and the 20 now. That's two days in a row below the 50. So that's a positive for the bull case of the market, meaning the bear case for the VIX. But we're into this little pivot or support area right down here. So we'll see if they can break through or not. If the market's going higher, they'll obviously break through. If not, then this was a pullback and it's going higher. And that would mean the stock market would be going lower at the same time. We have to take note of the VIX. The one argument for the VIX, if somebody were to say, well, the reason why the VIX was flat today and the market was up was because there still are traders not buying the story, still buying protection or buying puts, expecting a larger pullback in the market. And that certainly can happen. And that certainly is a valid case. By the way, I didn't make mention, and I do it on purpose the majority of the time, I didn't make mention of any of the news items that are circling right now. We have China's situation with the trade wars. We have the political situation here in the U.S. That's just terrible. We have a government shutdown. We have a fight over a wall. And it's not the fight over the wall, whether you're for or against the wall. It doesn't make any difference. The issue is, is that now the wall is a weapon to keep the government closed. People are out of work. I get the whole thing. It's not a great situation. It can't persist. If it persists, it becomes a situation. Right now, it's not really a big deal in the big scheme of things. They've done this before. Everybody gets their back pay. The government reopens. The question is, do markets get impacted in some way, shape, or form by what's going to happen with a presidential address coming out of the White House, the Oval Office, I believe, Tuesday evening? If I'm not mistaken, that's what I think is happening. It could be an executive order to build the wall under an emergency situation. Trump has threatened to do that. He may be doing that. I'm just speculating. I really haven't been watching the news, so I don't know what's going on in terms of that. By the time you're making comments under the video, I'll know all about it. But I really wasn't paying attention to it throughout the day. Over to the transports, my second favorite market leading indicator. Now, this is stuck at the 20 period moving average. So now we have some diverging signals out there. Has to be a puzzle piece. It's on the table. The transports are not really leading. They can certainly play catch up, but they need to also play catch up. Remember, the transports have probably been our best canary in the coal mine on the three or four latest biggest turns in the market. So needless to say, I watch the transports like a hawk. And by the way, I want to diverge for a second or digress, I should say. It's a better term for what I'm about to say. I'm not surprised if whatever is going to happen with this executive order, whatever he's going to talk about, meaning Trump, on Tuesday evening, I'm not surprised that this isn't part of some backroom deal, one of those house of cards type of deal that goes on, you know, we don't want to see or we don't really know how the sausage is made in Washington. I certainly don't want to know how it's made. We know they lie. We know that whatever they tell us, something else was the case. Most of them, not all, but most of them are in for personal gain. They want to get reelected. 
They want money for their districts. They want money for X, Y, and Z. So somewhere along the line, a deal was made. We'll never know exactly what that deal was, but that's probably the way these things go down. Everybody has to look like they won. Sometimes they're calling each other names on one hand and having lunch on the next. Who knows what goes on? It's a bunch of nonsense kabuki theater as far as I'm concerned. Let's go over to the cues. So the cues closed above, similar to the spiders today, for the first time, their 20-period moving average, and found resistance where they were supposed to based off that webpage you saw before. And obviously, if there's another short squeeze, all these markets are going to elevate together all at the same time. It'll be a tremendous rally one more time. And if that happens, we will get to a number that will be a nice, juicy short trade opportunity. Let's just let it happen. Let it get there. If it doesn't happen, there's a different trade around the corner. XLF, there's nothing to report here. It looks like all the rest. There's really no new information on any of these markets. Everything is going to be predicated on whether the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ all go in one direction or another together. That's the type of market we're in right now. And it's likely going to stay that way for a while. I would suggest probably several more weeks at minimum, meaning there's going to still be large swings in both directions, up and down. This volatility is not over. It is an absolute trader's dream. The SMH, we like to look at the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. This is the ETF, the SMH. And it just closed above its 20-day moving average. But it had a nice, healthy update today, up almost 2%. But we're still not able to close above these former highs over here. Not just yet. Closing above this high here from the 2nd of uh, January is definitely a good sign. That'll likely send the SMH to test somewhere in the vicinity of the top of its breakdown candle high. Call it 90.50 for argument's sake. There, we'll watch it. 90.50. Doesn't mean it can't go higher, but we should find some resistance, at least from an intraday perspective, around 90.50. And then the next area, which is pretty obvious, would be uh, right around the 50 period moving average, 91 and a quarter right now. But that will change each day that moves forward. Gold. Gold had what we call an inside day. It's inside of the range from last Friday. So we talked about the fact that last week gold closed up into its 100-week moving average. We can go over and take a look at it. And you can see we spiked through it a little bit. And we closed with what I like to call a pseudo-doji candle. Now, on the bull case, it was above the moving averages, the convergence of the 200 and the 50 period moving average. Today, we did a retracement. And until and unless we close above the high from Friday, this is generally going to pull back some. But you have a little bit of a safety net, or the bulls do, in the moving averages. But under normal market conditions, I would expect a pullback of more than a couple of bucks off this weekly chart 100 period moving average. Also, there are other reasons why gold would normally find resistance in this zone. Back to the daily chart, closing above the high from Friday, and that particular idea would have to be off the table. Crude oil, we have no surprises in crude oil. We talked about working higher. We talked about 50. We talked about higher numbers. We're working higher. We didn't quite get to 50 today. I think they came up about 20 or 30 cents short. But there's a gap right here. They'll fill that gap. That's at around 50.20. The gap actually is officially 50.20.
They'll fill that gap when no one's looking in the middle of the night or something like that. And with that, folks, I'm out of wind. I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music